Welcome to Your Wildest Fantasy, a podcast where I attempt to tackle some of fantasy's most epic of sagas. The catch? I've never read them and have no idea what to expect. So follow along as I theorize, summarize, and have a grand old time. Let's begin. Welcome back, bookworms and slugs, to another episode of Your Wildest Fantasy. <laughs> your, your Wildest Fantasy. I don't know what just happened there. Um, but yes, it is time for another episode of Your Wildest Fantasy with your host, Dalton Steinert. Um, I'm super excited to get into this episode because things went south. Things went south for our friends down in Iman's Field. So to catch you up to speed... In the first five or six chapters we read of The Wheel of Time in the previous episode, where we left our heroes, which it's hard to say (laughs) the heroes, but basically where we left off our main character, Rand, who is, I'm assuming, the main character of the series. Um, Yeah, they're just going back to their, him and his father, Tam, are just going back to their cabin after, after a rather uneventful a couple of chapters. I mean, pretty much it was just setting up the story and introducing us to some, what I'm assuming to be some big names that are going to be in the series. Um, But yes, they were just heading back to their cabin in the woods to settle in for the next day's adventure. I think the next day when they were going home was supposed to be the start of the festival. It's not really said unless I forgot, unless I missed it. But yes, they were just heading home to settle in like a good family does. And then all fucking hell breaks loose. So (laughs) that is where we were going to um, start the episode. We are going to be covering chapters five through eight of the eye of the world. Um, Again, just to give an overview of Jesus, I cannot speak today. To give an overview of how the podcast is going to work, I'm going to sort of talk about what happened in chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, and then talk about questions I have, um, relate them back to the summary that I gave, and then talk about things that stuck out to me. So without further ado, let's get into chapter 5, wind, Winter Night. Gee, oh my gosh, I better figure out how to speak. So Tam and Rand are settling in as father and son do after a long day's hard work. I am scatterbrained today. Um, It's been a while since I've read uh, this section, but while I'm recording this episode, but basically they're settling in and things go very awry. So Trollocs, the mystical Trollocs who nobody thinks are real. um, It's said time and time again that these things are not real. um, They attack rather viciously they barge in they injure tam gravely and oh boy it's like it's 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 bad things are not good right now for tam and rand um they attack tam rand runs for his life his father tells him to run for his life to save himself and so tam go or rand goes to the barn out back and sees his father fighting for his life and he wishes that he could help his father but he does his father's wishes as he's as a, as a little boy does and ends up getting injured tam ends ends up getting injured so um we ha- now have action we now have something happening which i'm assuming this is going to set off the rest of the story um because these chapters pretty much are going to be talking about 
um, you know, the Trolloc attacks and, and the aftermath will happen later. So, yep, Trolloc's attack. And so what happens is Tam goes or Rand goes back to meet Tam and Rand says, dad, we need to, I need to go back inside to make sure everything's okay. I need to get some stuff. We need to get you help, but I need, I need to get some stuff to take to the village in the off chance, you know, um, just being precautionary. And so Rand goes back into their humble abode and there is just death. Death is very much amok over in the Tam Rand household. Um, but not all, not all, not all of the Trollocs are dead. There is one Trolloc who just refuses to die and rises and Tam. And this is when we actually first get uh, to listen to a monster talk. So this is our first introduction to like a, a, a monster. Um, and it's a Trolloc named Narg. And Narg is a two-faced motherfucker because he says, he tells Rand, don't hurt me. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And Rand is like, I'm not stupid. Like, I am definitely not stupid. And so, uh, yeah, Rand is not stupid. And Narg tries to attack and Rand kills Rand defends himself, and in that act of defense, Narg is now dead. Um, so that's pretty much what happens in Winter Night. Um, it's so you can hear me flipping through the pages. It's basically uh, their house gets attacked, and Rand kills another Trolloc, and now they have to figure out how to heal Tam because he is injured by a blade of some sort. So that brings us to chapter six the Westwood. Um, so Tam is very out of it. I don't know, or we don't know if it's due to his injury, if he's poisoned, if it's some type of curse or what's happening, but he is just saying some very peculiar things. So while they are, um, in the woods trying to, or while Rand is trying to get Tam back to the village to seek help from the wisdom, um, they do see the larger Trolloc army, and it is indeed being led by the mysterious black cloaked figure. Um, so that black cloaked that black cloaked figure has made another appearance. So I'm assuming that this black cloaked figure, this mysterious beast, is either a Trolloc of some sorts, their leader, maybe it's the Dark One, I don't know. Um, but in this fit of Tam being very nonsensical. He starts saying some things that don't necessarily make sense. He mentions this thing called the Avendisora. I'm just checking my notes. Avendisora. I have literally no idea what it means. Um, it, we don't really get a lot of information of what that is. Um, and we get a big reveal. Rand might be adopted. Um, when Tam is in and out of consciousness saying like really weird stuff, like I said, uh, we learned that Rand was found. Well, we don't really know if Rand was found. We don't know if Tam is talking to Rand or about Rand or about somebody else. But he says that Rand or somebody, a child of his or a child of somebody was found in the middle of the woods and he and his wife took it in or somebody took this child in. So big reveal. Rand might be adopted. So that's pretty much what happens in chapter six. It's called the Westwood. Like I said, they are just trying to leave the Westwood to seek help. Um, chapter seven, Out of the Woods, my favorite Taylor Swift song. I have to get a little bit of the Swifty out of me. Um, 
this is where we see them enter the village and it's not really much of a village anymore. So the Trollocs didn't just attack. The Trollocs did not just attack Tam and Rand's house. The village was not spared at all. <laughs> Everything is destroyed. I think they say over half of the village is destroyed. I mean, things are just not good for the uh, the residents of Emonsfield. So um, we discovered that the Trollocs attack, over half the village is burned, and here we learn that Moiraine is an Aes Sedai, um, or I mean, we might have learned... Um, we, we, we might have learned that she was one earlier. Um, I don't really remember. Um, but it's explicitly stated that Moraine is an Aes Sedai. I kind of suspected that she was. Um, she just had that Aes Sedai vibe. I'm totally making a bullshit. I don't even know necessarily entirely what an Aes Sedai is. But Moraine is one of them. And she says that her magic can help Tam. Um, her Aes Sedai magic can help Tam, but she needs a place to go. Um, and Tam is very hurt, very hurt. It's very grim, very, very murky waters for the life and essence of Tam. Things are not looking good for our brother over there. Um, it, and it's alluded to that Moiraine's magic is pretty much the only thing that can save him. So that brings us into the last chapter, a place of safety. And this is where, yes, indeed, Moiraine comes and saves the day and Tam is healed. Well, as much as I, we're, we're told that he feels better. Um, we learn a little bit more about the Aes Sedai's magic and how it works. Um, Moiraine has this Angriel. We don't really know entirely what all an Angriel is or does, but we know that it kind of like is tied to the one power. And uh, Moiraine uses this when she is healing Tam. And it's interesting. I don't know if it's important or not, but I did write down that um, in the summary that it's an ivory statue of a woman. Um, I'm getting a sense that the the magic, I think it's it's talked about a little bit, but I'm getting the sense that the magic is kind of tied to women more than men. Um, and then at the end, we learn that it's time to go to Tarvalon, the home of the Aes Sedai. Um, but first, Rand falls asleep. And I thought that was a good place to end off just because that's kind of an arc of itself. You know, this Trollic, these tro this Trollic army sort of attacking these villagers in the comfort of their own home. And I'm, I have to, I got to be honest with you. I got kind of emotional when I was reading this because, you know, these villagers don't really harm anybody. Like I said, like I said in the last episode, they're very simple people. Um, the best way I can kind of connect it is i watched the hobbit movies recently um and they are like hobbits in a sense that i mean they're not descriptively like hobbits but their lives are like hobbits like they don't really get into fights or they don't really like harm people much i mean there might be a, a paul brub or a, a, a pub brawl or you know stuff like that but they're not really violent people and for this violence to sort of take place in their home you know it's really upsetting um, I can kind of feel for these villagers, you know, they don't really know what's going on. Um, like there's so many questions I have. There's so many, I mean, this section is pretty much beginning this whole epic quest based fantasy. I'm assuming this is going to lead us into, um, you know, lots of adventure, lots of quests. We, there are so many questions. There are so many theories I have. So let's get into the question section of, of 
the podcast. So my first question is, the Trollocs attacked the village looking for the three boys. So it's mentioned that, I think Moiraine mentions it. Mentions it. Um, I don't know if she says it explicitly, but it is maybe explicitly mentioned that the Trollocs are looking for three boys, but we don't necessarily know why. And you know, it's funny because um, there's that mention of the three boys again, and Moiraine gave coins to these these boys. So I don't know if she's tied to it or not. Um, It's still very suspicious that, uh, you know, Moiraine and Lan kind of show up when all of this bad stuff is going on. I mean, it's, it's just very, very coincidental. Um, it's a big coinkadink. Don't necessarily know if I buy it, Mr. Robert Jordan, but again, don't know if we can trust Moiraine, but she did heal Tram. Oh my gosh. I keep saying Tram. She did heal Tam or did she? That's another question I have is, is Tam really healed? Is Rand's dad really healed of this horrible, horrible inflictment, um, inflicted wound. I mean, we don't necessarily know. I don't know if the blade was poisoned. I don't know if the blade was cursed. That's another question I have. Um, what is going on with, you know, the Trollocs weapons? Are they tied to the dark one? I'm assuming they are just because these monsters attacked these villagers out of nothing. Um, but yep, that's the next question I have is, is Tam truly healed? Um, Rand's dreams. It's mentioned. Moiraine um, gives a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't necessarily remember which chapter. I think it was um, A Place of Safety, chapter 9. Um, here, let me go back to it. She mentions, Rand, how's your dreams been lately? And Rand's like, my dreams? Have you been dreaming lately? He's like, my dreams? What do you mean? Uh, I don't necessarily know why you're asking that, but um, still a little bit suspicious why this mysterious woman is asking about his dreams. Um, I don't, I mean, he hasn't really been having any crazy dreams. Um, is that foreshadowing? Is that a question? Or can we trust Rand? Is he an unreliable narrator? Is he not telling us these dreams, these mysterious dreams he's been having? Uh, yeah, we can't. Uh, we don't know if we can trust it here. I'll even read the, I re, I'll even read you the passage. So um, it's in Out of the Woods, at the end of Out of the Woods. Um, Moiraine asks, a little more light in the darkness. How are your dreams, Randalthor? And he's like, the fuck? My dreams? What are you talking about? A night like tonight can bring a man bad dreams, Rand. If you have nightmares, you must tell me of it. I can help with bad dreams sometimes. Mm, this sounds very suspect. I, again, can we trust this? Who knows? Uh, that's my next question is, uh, can we really trust Moraine and Lan? Still, I am still on the fence about trusting them. I don't know if it's, if they're good people. I don't know if they're bad people. I mean, um, they did sort of help heal Tam, or did they? Because we don't know if we can trust them. I mean, they seem like good people, but sometimes the people that seem the best are actually the ones that are going to stab you in the back. They're like snakes, you know? They're like snakes. So the last question I have is what lies ahead at Tarvalon? We don't really know much about Tarvalon. We know it is the home of the Aes Sedai, um, and I'm assuming it's the home of Moiraine. If she's an Aes Sedai herself, um, I really want to know more about the relationship between Moiraine and Lan. Um, 
I think he's called a warden. Um, don't again, quote me on that. Um, but I know that they're tied together of some sort. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if it's been mentioned or not, but I, I, I feel like I saw maybe a, a potential spoiler or something where they're tied together. Um, somehow by the one power, whatever that is. Um, so yes, what happens or what lies ahead for our faithful men and women, aliens, creatures, whatever they are, what lies ahead for them at Tarvalon? Um, super excited where this is heading. Um, it kind of, I mean, it did take a little bit to get to the action. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of see, you know, where this is heading, this honestly has really felt like a typical young adult story. Um, and I know that's kind of like, uh, this was written at a time when young adult, I've mentioned this in the previous podcast, this was written at a time before young adult literature really had a, like an age. So this feels like another, I mean, it doesn't feel like another young adult fantasy. I have to quit telling myself that because this came before a lot of the young adult fantasies I've, I've read. Um, but it, it's a quest based fantasy. I'm going to assume that we're going to, you know, go a lot into the motifs of the hero's journey. I don't necessarily know who our hero is at this point, because apparently these Trollocs think that one of our men, one of these boys, whether it's Matt, whether it's Rand, whether it's somebody else, one of them could be the dark one. Well, they think it is. Uh, they think one of these men uh, or boys, I, I have to keep, I have to quit calling the men because they are like, I think we don't really know an age, but they, I get a sense that they're like in their teen, their teens. Well, they're kind of there. I think that they would be considered men, but, um, yeah, we don't, we don't really know what lies ahead for our, for our heroes in Tarvalon. So I'm super excited to see, you know, where this is heading. Super, super excited to see where this is heading. Super excited to see like our journey. Um, I don't, know if we'll get to Tarvalon in the next section um based on how slow things have been i'm gonna guess not i'm gonna guess it's gonna take just a bit for things to pick up um but what i what i really have liked about this is that we honestly i don't really know how far Tarvalon is i know it's a place that exists i think they say it's north of northeast maybe um of where i mean northeast of where it is in relation to Emon's Field and the two rivers. And if I look at the map, um, I can see that, yeah, it is kind of a ways off. Um, but my, my only reference point for this is Berlin. We know it's a town north. Like, we know it's a town north of Emon's Field, north, north of the two rivers. But we don't know how far that is. We don't know... Um, you know, what the, the distance of that is on this map. So is Tarvalon close? Is it far? What lies ahead? Lots of mysteries, lots of mysteries. So the last section of the podcast, this is kind of a short episode, um, are things that stuck out to me. So I, the reason this is kind of a shorter episode and maybe it won't be, maybe I'll just end up rambling. Who knows? Um, it has been a few weeks since I've read this section. Um, so when I'm recording this, um, I have, I was reading this book well before I started recording this podcast. It was not until I got, I think a little bit past this part, um, that I realized like, Oh, I really think that this could be a podcast. 
So it has been a while. I I can expect the next couple of episodes for things not to really stick out to me too much um, because I didn't tab. I did, I wasn't tabbing. So a lot of the things that I'm that are sticking out are things that I just remembered um, and went back and tabbed in my book. So not a lot might not a lot might not stick out to me. But let's dive in. So I did mark how the magic worked or what we know. So if I flip to that section, if you bear with me, um, I think it's right here. So it says, um, in the age of legends, some I said I could fan life and health to flame if only the smallest spark remained. Those days are gone though, perhaps forever. Basically, Moraine talks about the Angriel. So much was lost, just not the making of the Angriel. Um, I think this is the section that I marked about how the Angriel works. So we know that the Angriel is tied to the one power. Um, and with the Angriel, it can do, um, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, well, we know that there's a lot less Aes Sedai now. Um, a lot of the talents are gone. So a lot of the magic apparently has been gone. I don't know. I don't know if it was some like avatar type shit where they could do like elemental stuff. I'm assuming that the one power can do some type of environmental elemental stuff because if we go back to the prologue dragon mount we know that the crazed man who's looking for his lose i think his name was lose um we know that he raises mountains and he has created dragon mount and an island um so we know that um at least in relation to how the one part one power treats men, it can get kind of dark and scary. Um, so a lot of the magic has apparently been lost. Um, she, uh, Moraine does say that it's fortunate that Tam is strong because if it, if he were weak, she doesn't think that he could have survived this attack. So it makes me believe that he was cursed somehow or poisoned. I don't necessarily know again, how the magic is actually healing Tam, but Moiraine's magic is kind of described and we know the Angriel is tied to it. Um, I, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how the magic system plays out. Again, we don't necessarily know a whole lot, um, but I am excited to see um, like what, if there's science behind the magic system. I'm somebody who, yes, I'm one of those like fantasy nerds where I like detailed magic systems. I like very drawn out, intricate, like described magic systems. So the two that come to mind are um, Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn, the first Mistborn book. I only, I didn't read all of it. I only read like half of it. I was borrowing it from a library at the time and I didn't read it fast enough and I had to give it up. But I remember that magic system being very detailed and described about um, metals. And then the other one I remember is Brent Weeks's. I mentioned this in my introduction episode. Um, Brent Weeks's Black Prism Lightbringer series. It's based on the color spectrum. And both of these systems go very in depth um, with how the science kind of affects the magic. And so I'm kind of excited to see, you know, if, if Robert Jordan goes super in depth. I do know that older fantasy like, like this and even fantasy before... Um, the wheel of time, they didn't really go too much in depth and I might just be, I might not even be making sense. <laughs> I, I haven't really read a lot of old fantasy books, so I could just be shooting myself in the foot. Um, but I am excited to see, you know, how the magic system works. That is something that I keep tabbing 
Um, I even made my own little tab color for it because like I said, I'm a huge magic nut. Um, so another thing, or before I move on. So yes, that is something that I'm really excited to see is how the magic worked um, and how it ties to men and women. So the next thing I marked is Rand's possible adoption. That is freaking huge. That means that maybe Rand is not telling the truth. Um, I'm assuming that he was shocked by this news unless he's just unreliable, but that's kind of big. That is huge information to learn that Rand might actually not be the son of Tam. And if you indeed was just this random ass boy that they saved, um, that's a big red flag. It could be a big red flag because we don't know Rand's lineage. We don't know if he's a descendant of the Dark One. We don't know if he's actually human. I mean, we don't. We just don't know. Um, so that's something that stuck out to me. And of course it would because it was a big plot point that Rand possibly could be adopted. Um, the next thing I marked is the Ava Avendisora. I wish I were listening to the audiobooks to learn how to pronounce some of these words. The Avendisora. We don't know really what it is. Um, I think I marked a little bit about it. I don't really remember where it is. Um, we learned a little bit about it, not a whole lot. Um, so, uh, so I'm super excited to see more about that. Um, it happened when I remember it happened when we were, when we learned about all the crap with, uh, Tam saying that Rand was adopted. Um, I think the, well, here's the line. It says, Avendosora, it said it makes no seed, but they brought a cutting to Kerhine, a sapling. So it's a tree of some sort or a plant. Um, blood was the price for the, for the Aven, Avendoroladera. Um, we don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know why I marked that because <laughs> I, I thought it, I thought it would be important, but I mean, it is important, but it doesn't really give us a lot. So we know that the Avendosaura is a thing that sounds like a dinosaur of Vendosaura. Um, we know it's a tree of some sort or some type of plant. We don't know how it ties into the larger narrative of the story. So I'm super excited to see if that plays a bigger part, you know, in the future. Um, but again, I, I would actually be interested to see if it's sort of tied to magic, the magic of some sort, um, or the lore somehow. I don't know. Super excited to see. Um, the next thing I marked is Moraine knowing of the dreams. And I talked about that a little bit earlier, but that's just fishy. I mean, I don't go around. I mean, of course, what a what an odd thing to ask. How have your dreams been, Rand? I mean... Everybody dreams, of course, but like, what an odd thing to ask, especially like right when all of this bad shit has been happening, like half the village is burned down. We don't know if anybody's dead. I mean, Tam is gravely injured and Moraine just thinks to ask, how's your dreams? That is freaking fishy. I don't know if she is some sort of soothsayer um, or if the Aes Sedai can somehow read minds. Um, super suspect. Don't know what that was about, um, but I am intrigued to see if it goes anywhere. So the last thing I marked um, was that, and I mentioned that earlier, is Moraine makes the connection of the young boys and the Trolloc attack. Is it again just a coincidence? Lots of coincidences are happening with our our girl Moraine and our, our fellow lad, Lan. 
Um, are they tied to the Trolloc attack? I mean, it's very suspicious that Moraine gives these men or these boys, you know, the, that coin. And they all saw, they all saw the mysterious black cloaked figure that was leading the army. But can we, tr- can we what is going on there? That I don't, I, I just need to know what's going on there. Um, things are just, I just want to know if, if we can actually trust Moiraine, if she's leading them down the wrong path. Um, it is said in a couple of instances, especially when they, when, when I think earlier they, we learned that like being an Aes Sedai kind of comes with a bad rap. Um, I don't know what that's all about. People think that they're tied to the dark one. There's just a lot of suspicion and there's a lot of, um, like muddy waters when it comes to the favorability of the Aes Sedai. So I would really like to know, can we actually trust Moraine? First of all, I mean, that's been something that I've been asking myself time and time again. And it's just been a thought that's been in my mind. Like, is this woman trustworthy? Like it is just so freaking suspicious that this woman arrives randomly to collect quote, stories old stories and then she tells people that this that Emon's field and the two rivers has a thousand year old history and then boom they get attacked by trollocs it makes no sense it makes absolutely no sense so i'm super excited to see you know what happens next super excited about this venture to tarvalon um are we going to meet some good fellows are we going to meet some bad fellows um, the Trollocs, are they really gone? Are they going to pop up out of nowhere? I mean, what is, what is really going to go on with these Trollocs? It sounded like a rather large army of Trollocs when, uh, we're, we see them in that Westwood chapter where they're being led by that mysterious black cloaked figure. It sounds like it's a rather large army. Um, and they don't sound smart. Like Trollocs don't sound smart that much. So I'm, I can't assume they move too fast, so these people better be um, having a cautious eye when it comes to venturing outside of the safety. Well, I guess not so much safety anymore of the two rivers. So I think that brings us to the end of the podcast episode. Like I said, kind of a short episode. Um, a lot of my suspicions and a lot of my theories are still kind of like regurgitated from last episode just because not a lot of stuff is being answered. Um, so yeah, super excited to see if we're going to get another narrative, super excited to see, you know, if Tam's going to be okay. Um, I don't really know when we'll go back to the two rivers or how long these people will be journeying out, but, um, yeah, I'm super excited to see where this takes us. And like I said, um, if you like this podcast, please give it a review. Reviews help podcasts so much. Um, small podcasters like myself really, really benefit from reviews. So wherever you're listening to this, please give it a review, give it a thumbs up. Um, even if you don't like it, an honest review is always better. I'm always ready and I'm always listening to feedback. So if there's something you don't like about the segment, or if there's something you don't like about the podcast, please leave a comment. Um, please in your review, please, please, please. Like I cannot, I'm like on my knees begging you, please. Um, share this with one of your friends. 
Um, like I'm on TikTok too, and uh, I'm on TikTok and Instagram. So if you want to follow me, it's at City Vein Lights. That's C I T Y V E I N L I G H T S. Don't ask me how I got the name. It's rather poetic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yep, that's that's where you can follow me. And again, I'm gonna reiterate. Please share this with one of your friends. If you have somebody who you like talking about books with, or even if you just like listening to somebody talk about books and you have a friend who also likes to listen to somebody just ramble on about books, share it with them and suggest for them to leave a review too. Like I said, reviews help so much. So that is all for this episode and you will see me next time. Bye.